Very cute. Oh, please, you can have them. Khaki pants, no thanks. What's your name? Jamie Randall. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. What's your game? My game? Oh, sorry, right, this is the part where we talk about where we come from and what we majored in in college. You have beautiful eyes. That's it? That's the best you got? I'm serious, they're beautiful. Well, thank you. Let's see, what else? Um, my childhood? When did I get sick? So you always this mean? Actually, this is me being nice. So how's your quota this month? Have you had your first performance review? Is that a resting tremor? Comes and goes? What's none of your business? Happens when you're nervous. Mr. Expert, why would I be nervous? Because you're interested. And that would make me nervous. Yeah, your mind's telling you one thing and your body's telling you something else. Let's go. Excuse me? Oh, you want to close, right? You want to get laid? <laughs> now? <laughs> mm. Oh, right, right, right. I'm supposed to act like I don't know if it's right. So then you tell me that there is no right or wrong. It's just the moment. And then I tell you that I can't. Well, actually signaling to you that I can, which you don't need because you're not really listening. Because this isn't about connection for you. This isn't even about sex for you. This is about finding an hour or two of relief from the pain of being you. And that's fine with me, see, because all I want is the exact same thing. Michael, Travis, and Eric, live and uncensored. It's episode 119. Says, there it is right behind me. If you are watching, if you're listening, of course, you can't see us at all. But we look the same as yeah, we usually do. I don't see anything like radically different about any of us physically. As far as like, yeah, take a look. Go ahead, snoop around. Uh, but yeah, today's uh, we're going to focus in on love and other drugs. That'll be the focus of our Does It Hold Up? later part of the show that was my selection and then at the end of the show i'll be offering next week's movie which will be a guest we'll have van lee on from the boob tube boys which is a great show about tv shows and he does a show about star wars it's uh a podcast story which i I like that name that's a decent name star wars a podcast story not bad so 
Travis Roy, welcome to the show. How are you feeling this evening? Is society on your side finally? <laughs> you know, it, it's, I think I'm breaking even with society. It's like a, oh. medi- a medium grind, but I'm doing okay. How are you doing? That's not bad. I'm alive and uh, I'm happy to be here doing the show. Uh, I got, I did watch The Cell, so I'm going to have my opinion oh. on The Cell oh. up in quarantine viewing picks. You I, watched I, The Cell and you watched Love and Other Drugs? You spoil us, sir. I know. I Look at me. <laughs> I'm the guy who's doing his the job and then some. Some a little bit late, some on time. But Eric, I did watch The Cell, so I'll have my opinion on that. Uh, how are you doing out there? Is Griffith, Indiana a wonderful place to be in the summertime? Town is beautiful, but... I've had this horrible toothache for like two weeks, and I'm oh. so scared to go to the dentist. So I've just been like taking Advil all day. It's it's Dude. the dumbest call, but like I have to make I have to make the phone call. But yeah. meantime, I'm just taking headache medicine and hoping that it just goes away. It's not. You're delaying the inevitable and making things worse. <sighs> Gosh, get on okay, it. Well, well, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't fuck around with tooth pain, man. It's like it, I it, agree. It's, it, it's it, unbearable. Well, it can you know it can get bad worse if you go back and look through the historical record guess what like the leading causes of death is of most peasants throughout yeah, human history <laughs> yeah it's scary it's scary yeah. get in there That's man. A, all right i'll make the sense. call make the call you. eric come on you got like a tooth hang up or something you got something against dennis did you watch uh that one guy from la law and the dentist too many times you watch love another dentist oh dr giggles Dr. Giggles, yeah. Dr. Giggles. That's, <laughs> no, that's what I'm thinking. Not Dr. Of. Giggles, just my own personal hang-up. Was, was that the name of the movie, or was that his character? Yeah, Dr. Name? Giggles starring oh, no, Larry Drake. That's, that's his Christian name. No, it's not. It's, his name is Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Giggles. Wow, okay. Well, shit. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. We're going to talk about what we've been watching. Of course, five-star ratings. Cinema 9 Pod is a show we talk about films so maybe give us a shot no big deal just a just a minor thing if you happen to go to the show and you listen in the podcast version just happen to click a five-star rating if you have not done before you can only do it once so if you haven't done it chop chop give it a shot come on now wow. you'll love it yeah oh chop, uh, is chop chop dang. offensive do you think people find chop chop podcast equivalent of, of crooking a finger at someone and, and like the the come hither gesture that was um, is it really uh, me and Eric would like to apologize to all of our yeah, listeners. We lost oh. our one viewer on that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Chop, I have to do better. Yeah. You ask yeah. too much, my friend. Michael you know what's funny is I haven't said chop chop like ever. That was really bizarre. <laughs> that was a really pop popped out unusual. of you. Unlike, <laughs> unlike you. That was really an unusual moment for me, I got to say. <laughs> but hey, you know, uh, life happens. Uh, sure. We'll do it live. It, we'll do it live. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> Uh, Travis, we're going to move over to you then for quarantine viewing picks this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you got? You know, I watched a lot of classics this week, but I'll start with the new stuff that I watched. I watched the new Bob's Burgers movie. You know what's funny about like animated series that they make movies out of? They're like always the same. It's just like, here's a bigger budget and some songs. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's like an episode, just a yeah. long episode. I'm like, okay, it was fine. I mean, I didn't, you know, whatever. It was good. It was good. I mean, if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, and I also checked out Ambulance, speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, oh, okay. which um, I didn't hate, man. I, I mean, I thought Ambulance was all right. I thought Ambulance was okay. There's there's some kind of, you know, actually, I didn't think Gyllenhaal was that great in it. I thought that the, it was, the other people were carrying it, like uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen III, for instance. But um, 
It has a great moment uh, with sailing, the Christopher Cross classic. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh. Very well employed in this movie. Uh, I, I would give it that. Really? It's, and you know what? Michael Bay, we, we could we could say whatever we want about him. And like, he's no, you know, he's not fucking, he's not, he doesn't do art. Like, I mean, we're not high art. You know what I mean? He's not like, mm-hmm. he's not. It's not that kind of movie, but this you is, don't call pain and gain high art. <laughs> I didn't actually catch that one, but this is a, good. This is a decent action movie. Like it's it's a decent if you like if you want like a modern action movie with mm-hmm. a, so there's some intelligence to it, but it's still kind of witless. Um, it was good. I actually, you know, not great, but it was good. Well, I wanted to let you know there was actually a lawsuit for pain and gain because one of the people it was based on a true story, a true right. crime. <laughs> one, of the, one of the guys who was tortured, who survived well, the I ordeal. Did- sued them because he was so mis misrepresented as like a piece of shit just because a guy was rich means he was a scumbag from hell it was it was pretty poorly done michael bay is a guy that i just i'm always gonna have beef with i i I appreciate what you're saying but i just wanted to i understand i'm you know i'm not his i'm not his uh his keeper or anything yes you are (laughs) yes chop chop be his keeper i am not worried about any billionaire all right um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I watched a lot of classics, man, mostly mm. from the seventies. Um, but you know, there's just a, they're making a John Barenthal starring in uh, American Gigolo TV show, mm. and so like I IMDb American Gigolo because I've never seen that. I didn't know it was a Paul Schrader film. I'm like, oh, well, I gotta fucking watch this, mm. and it was good. I mean, you know, classic Schrader seventies kind of stuff. Only it's 1980, but whatever. I mean, it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed American Gigolo. It was what I it was a, it was a lot more like than what I thought it was going to be. And once I learned it was Paul Schrader, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a lot more to this. Like, easily the, the the performance of Gear's career, from what I can tell. Wasn't like a big like radio hit that came out of that? Yeah, uh, Blondie's "Call Me" is, okay. is, is from the movie. Call me. Speaking the of bigger big, radio hit. Oh, sorry. The bigger radio hit is the other Richard Gear movie. So. Oh. Sorry. We'll lift us up where well, we belong. From uh, uh, all yeah, officer and gentlemen. Yeah, that's the bigger one. Speaking of uh, radio hits from from movies, I'd never seen Five Easy Pieces. Um, hmm. I figured I should probably, you know, but then I, I, you know, I think to myself, oh, I should watch all the Jack Nicholson movies. But then I went and looked. I'm like, that motherfucker. He started acting like in like 1958 or something. There's easily like 20, <laughs> 30 movies that he did that I don't even really want to see. You know, it's just like some of it's just you know his earliest stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. You're busy oh, writing the good. monkeys. I understand. Um, <laughs> was but, uh, 69 his debut? Or am I wrong on that? For easy, oh, road? I don't it's know. Like 58. Yeah, the Raven. Oh, I think. Wow. Boris Karloff. No, before, I think even before that. Um, oh. uh, little shop western, of western. No, before that, there was a western that he, that he did. Yeah, it was. Okay. I, think, I think it was nineteen fifty-eight or fifty-six. Oh shit! Um, okay, so I was mistaken on that. I actually did that. If you recall, early uh, days of the show when we first started, I did that mm-hmm. same thing you did there, filling in some of the Nicholson seventies ones that I hadn't seen. And Five Easy Pieces is that the one about the it piano? Was- um yeah yeah it was the bob Raphaelson one before uh king of marvin gardens which i loved king of marvin gardens i think that movie's great so did i i was a little not i mean this was okay it was very slice of lifey um i agree i'll say this as we get ready to talk about love and other drugs Mm -hmm. i i do (laughs) find it hard to watch a movie when you're like oh this guy's a prick through the whole thing Um, uh, you're telegraphing? To, you telegraphing? I like this character, but he's a prick. You know what's a really good movie? Mm. 
car wash from 1976. I've been trying trying to slowly work my way through all the Richard Pryor movies. And I'm like, you know, I know he's only in this for a minute, but I should probably catch it. And I still have a lot of work to do in that department. But I mean, dude, car wash was genuinely really good. I mean, it was like uh, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. And it was it was very much in the key of like. I mean, I liked it more than Empire Records, but something like Empire Records or Clerks, like this kind of like hang around a business and like hang out with these kids and like see them with their day. Like that stuff is all borrowing pretty heavily, which I'm sure Car Wash is coming from another, you know, genre or, you know, borrowing from other stuff. But I, there's a lot going on. And Bill Duke, you got to love Bill Duke. I got a double dose of Bill Duke between American Gigolo and Car Wash. And I got no complaints <laughs> there. That was wow. Cool. Okay. See, you know, the Richard Pryor thing, real quickly. There's this movie I didn't know about. It was revealed to me during the. Right now, the baseball's on the All Star break, so there was a lot of boring posts. People trying to get to. Apparently, their lives go to hell when baseball goes away for three days. <laughs> you don't but, say. Yeah, not me. I love it. Wow. It's a chance for me to get away from it all. But there's this movie that Pryor did with James Earl Jones about baseball, and I never heard of it. And I thought I'd know every baseball movie there ever was, yeah, and he's... I need to see this one. He's another one like Nicholson that like you think like, oh, he broke in like 72 or 70. Mm-hmm. But no, he was doing stuff for a solid decade or so before that. I still there's a lot of his stuff I need to see. I've never seen the Mac, um, but I, I do like his stuff and his cameo really in uh, and as well. And George Carlin's cameo in Car Wash. But again, Car Wash, fucking uh, good. Car movie. Wash. Car um, yeah, I never saw that. I'll be damned. I've been watching. I haven't even even mentioned it but i've been like blurring my way through these 1990 era gene hackman movies yes. like loose cannons and uh <laughs> uh company business and like uh stuff that's <laughs> kind of like who cares and uh, around <laughs> that same period he uh he was in postcards from the edge which i'd never seen before oh which i should have seen a long time ago but you know i just hadn't sometimes i just you know you just miss stuff and so i'll turn on like uh the tcm hub on hbo mm-hmm. max and just flip until i find something i haven't seen i'm like all right i should probably see this and so that i did that with a little roulette and it was postcards from the edge which i loved i thought postcards mm-hmm. from the edge was so good i mean r.i.p carrie fisher and debbie reynolds and but like the the performances from uh from from uh meryl streep and um uh, uh shirley mcclain just so top notch and then you have uh hackman in there as well so postcards from the edge was really really good i forgot hackman was in that i watched it for the first time after i went through my whole opioid ordeal i'm like oh i need to watch this like i always kind of didn't want to and i didn't really know it was about carrie fisher's own experiences Mm -hmm. a fictionalized version of her own well sure right but it's still there was still stuff in it from her own life that she mixed in especially being who she was so and now that she's gone that's a good call i'm glad you brought that movie up Mike yeah, Nichols, come on now. And my yeah, it's Mike Nichols. I mean, it's it's really of well course. directed. It's really really well directed. It looks great. Um, and but you know what? I've been sitting on this movie. I don't know. There's there's sometimes these classics where I'm like someday because I'm gonna live to a thousand. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna finally be in the right mood to watch blah blah blah. But since I've been mm-hmm. watching all these Gene Hackman movies, I'm like I probably should finally sit down and watch the conversation. So <gasps> I've, never, I've never seen it from '74. Which talk about opening sequences? Um, what a what an incredible opening sequence, and what an incredible ending sequence, um, and just the uh, you know Coppola, the shots, the shots, you know him standing there in that 
parking garage or not parking. It's like the the column, the concrete columns in that neon palm tree. There's some really amazing shots. It also gets a little long. Um, I'm sorry, but I mean, like it, 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 they don't make movies like that anymore. And it's a shame because this is a thinking person's movie. But also, I'm start. I, I, as the movie started going, I'm like, okay, now who are you going to visit and, uh, <laughs> and be awkward with? Like, what? You know, okay, there's Terry Gar. There's so and so. Who can you be awkward with now, Harry? Um, but mm. no, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was absolutely great. But it, it, you know, it, it was never going to live up to my expectations, which is partly why I think I was putting it off. You know what I mean? There's some. You've never seen it. I, I feel like kind of now. I, I waited too long, but I. That's yeah. Wish. That's partly it too, but I've also had people, you know, Eric, Luke, other friends okay. of ours, uh, many times be like, "This, this is the movie," you know, and so I'm like, "Oh, this is the movie. I need to watch this movie, and I better like it." Yeah. <laughs> you better like it, or else. Um, Taking your film card. And yeah, that's about it. I threw in a couple other oh, randoms sure. here and there, but that's that's yeah. Oh, I watched I watched Ang Lee's Hulk. Man, that movie sucks. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, you sent us damn. a text for a photo of that. God, I mean, the dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hawk dogs. Dude, Hawk dogs. I'm sorry. That, that, it just blows my mind that that came between Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Brokeback Mountain. That that was the fucking movie he did. It's yeah, so he's a risk taker, though. Not good. It's I tried. I mean, I'll give you this. Towards the end of the film, like the bouncing around the desert, that whole sequence, like yeah, fighting the military, cool. that stuff's all pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. all pretty well done, but so much of them, and it's mostly Ang Lee. And well, I take that back. The story is trash, but um, <laughs> but also Ang Lee and like a lot of his directorial choices, all these in, in, crazy zooms and yeah. bouncing around, and like, it's not just the, it's not just the squared frame, like comic book framing. It's like these intense, like I mean, like you never settle on something for more than half a second at a time. I'm like look, give my brain a moment to process what I'm looking at, Ang. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I mean, for, for real. So yeah, um, there's a reason why. It was a weird was time. It. Doesn't doesn't Universal still own the rights to Hulk? I think I digged a little into that when we talked on text. Not I think that's why they. Oh, oh, is that right? I thought that's why no. they couldn't. I thought that's why they couldn't make a straight another straight Hulk movie now. No, you would have heard Universal something about that. No fucking way. I don't, I don't think so. I think no th- I think that they own the rights to those two. Um, the, the the studio owned the rights to those specific movies mm. for a long time. That's why all the shit went. you hear about Spider Man with the MCU well, and like pulling teeth to get the first movie going. You, I just feel like you would have heard something about it. Yeah, I think I so too. But I, don't know. I could be wrong. I think we have a Sony Spider Man situation with with Hulk too, and that's why because I know they were going they wanted to do Planet Hulk, but they couldn't because there was a tie up. I don't know. We'll report back to you. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude, I had a I had a fucking really fun week. I finally, got out there and saw a lot of movies. Starting with uh, Unfor- <laughs> unforgettable. Uh, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. I wow. hit play immediately when I took a look at this uh, poster. I saw that in theaters. Did no, you did not. I did. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't great. I don't know, dude. It's not a great movie, but like, I, dude. Whenever I hear Linda Fiorentino's voice, like something happens to me. Like, remember that episode of Seinfeld with like Desperado and like what she was? <laughs> That's with me. When I hear Linda Fiorentino, like I go into a trance and I can't even think straight. So for that alone, that. it holds up. I'm not gonna argue um, that. Other than that, like ridiculous plot, r- really dumb. Oh yeah. Um, 
speaking of dumb, desperate hours, you know, Michael Cimino is God to me. But in 1990, he was ostracized from Hollywood and, and he had to take on this ridiculous action thriller starring he and Anthony yeah. Hopkins and Mimi Rogers. And Mickey, so, Mickey Rourke, right? <laughs> Mickey Rourke and uh, David oh, Moore. Who thinks Tom Cruise is irrelevant, Cortez. by the way? That, yeah, I heard that. This was um, one of the first thrillers I ever saw as a kid. I no shit. Like, yeah, I was like ten. I was like it was like a brand new movie that my uncle had at, access to somehow, and uh, I was like eleven or so. I guess I'd seen some other thrillers, at that point, but it sticks out in my memory. Uh, baffling. It's like I don't know how. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It, it's so odd. So bad though. Um, yeah, I took um, a YouTuber that I really enjoy's recommendation for Butterfly Kisses. It's like one of these mockumentary horrors. I'm like, all right, I've been bit on these in the past, but I'll give this a shot. Butterfly Kisses, awful. Uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> and then I took him up on another one, Strangeland, which was like trying to do the whole horror mockumentary, but like, what if like there was a zombie like outbreak like down in Mexico? It's fucking awesome. I loved it on Tubi. It was really cool. Uh, you should check it out, Travis. Cool. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. Not Spawned me, though. I won't check it out. Mike, no. you would hate it. It's not, for you. It. It's not, <laughs> not for, for you. Um, no, it's not for you. No, not for you. Not for you, Mickey. <laughs> this is not for you. <laughs> not for you. That's fucking football. <laughs> you got so, it. yeah, the heavy hitters, man. I got two heavy hitters. Black phone, dude. I hit the. I I spent $20 and I rented the black phone. I, I can't pull the trigger, man. I, did. I, I, I really to. want to see it. I would punch I you in the face, to. Travis, if you spent that money on that. It's come uh, on. No. I, dude, either. I don't do anything. Like, I don't buy any new clothes. Hey, I don't no one's buy judging. No video one's games. Judging. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to see the goddamn thing. Not judgment. I spent the $20 and I really dug the film. Uh, I didn't love it. I wanted to love it because I love Joe Hill's short story. There's some liberties here. Uh, but I, I, I dug it and I dug it. Uh, that's about all I can say. I don't want to say too much. This is yeah. one of those where you should go in completely cold, but uh, there's definitely something there. I, yeah, um, I liked the film. Um, Nightmare Alley, dude. I've been like scrolling past it, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge cast, play? huge cast. I, I get it, Guillermo del Toro, and you loved I, it. I hit play. Um, I really liked it. I really yeah. liked it. I didn't <laughs> love it. I, thought, I didn't I love would've... it. I didn't love it. Like I admire the hell out of it. Um, we essentially have like a 40 minute Tales from the Crypt episode here. Two and a half hours Ooh. stretching it. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours was stretching it, man. Oh, yeah. Trim, yeah. trim the fat. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been thinking about it all day and I watched it last night, but I've been thinking about it all day. Dude, that last that last bit. I mean, it's a long two and a half hours, but that last little bit with Bradley Cooper, I thought it was worth it. Personally, yeah, but I saw it coming a mile away. Oh, sure. Of course, yeah, you're kind of waiting. You see everything coming. Come on, man. But in yeah. a film noir, that's like the thing about film noir. They're so convoluted, you don't know where the fuck they're going to end up. It's really so, well acted, though. Oh yeah, yeah. For the most part, uh, yeah. For the most part. <laughs> but, uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, uh, I I dig the film. Um, aside from Moana, that's it, Travis. You watch Moana? <laughs> you watch? Oh yeah, yeah. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's better, better and better. I guess and better. I've never seen one of the greatest movies of all time. Dude, it's, it's so good. I can't uh, even tell you how good it is. You just need about, to experience it. Yeah, I do. I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't gotten around to it, I guess. Um, you should. What happened with the uh, new Alex Garland movie? Is that out? It yeah, man. theaters. It, it didn't do that great. And he has said he's going to, he's in the act of like making what he says is going to be his last movie, supposedly, to direct, which I hope that's not true. So he's gonna go back to he says he's gonna go back to writing. I don't know. He's I mean he's oh so it's directing about, that he has a problem with. Yeah. Yeah. 
long as he writes that dread sequel, I'm I'm cool with it. No, for fuck's sake, please finally get us that dread sequel. Is that happening? I don't know. People want it. No. It's not yeah, too late. I love it. I it's would not love too it. late. Carl Urban's still in perfect shape for it. I mm-hmm. think that yeah. people this is one of the rare instances where people actually would be receptive to a decade plus sequel. I, I hope to God they finally get their act together and do that. Right. I watched that last year. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I completely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Michael? Well, I've been chopping at chopping? Champing. Champing at chomping. the bit. Chop, I've chop. Cha- I've been champing at the bit. To talk Kenobi with you guys, you know, I knocked oh, it out. Okay. Oh, I never saw out. the I never saw the last two episodes. So. <gasps> oh crap! I thought you, you guys talked about it. I mean, I don't even care. No, you you you. Oh, wow! So you watched four episodes of it? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, you know what? I just don't it. even have the, the I, motivation. I, really. I wasn't crazy about the first episode. I thought the second episode was okay. I thought the third episode, I was mm. like, oh, I should probably stop watching, but I didn't. And so then I watched the, the third. Ep- the third one made you feel that way. Yes, wow. and um, the fourth episode. Can we talk about that at least. Then? Spoilers, spoilers galore here. Spoiler, take a moment away if you haven't seen Kenobi on <laughs> Disney. So three, two, one. Uh, I thought the third episode was a reason to dive into the show. That's what I was like. Okay, here we go. We got some Vader now. I'm digging this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, it just didn't. It's because it, like to me, like the highlight was Vader coming out, and and all I could think was, wow, how awesome would this be if I was in a movie theater right now? I'm sorry. Like I'm, I, I, I like oh, you know the, a lot of this like Disney Plus stuff, but I'm like to finally see these two interact and like it, it's the highlight because I thought so much of what was happening was dumb and like boring and, I, and so here's the one thing I really am interested in seeing and it happens and I'm like I'm I'm like is it I, I was maybe it's my fault I'm watching it during the day I got glare off the TV and shit I'm like <laughs> this is just I don't know man it just it felt Go underwhelming. Back. Go back. Those last two episodes were fucking awesome. The re- the, the first four, what you saw sucked in my opinion, but the last two were awesome. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably finish it when I'm bored at some point. <laughs> this is so funny to me. This <laughs> nonchalant. Well, you gives were fuck. Mike, Mike, you were pumped like from the uh, uh, get go. Like what, what's going on here? Well, I thought the first episode, you know, this is. You got to do the same thing with every one of these Disney Plus shows. Like, are we going to set the table? And this is part of establishing. A, but you don't have to establish a world. We know the world sometimes. Tatooine, again, we all know Tatooine. Yes! I feel like I could find the post office in Tatooine if I got <laughs> dropped off there. <laughs> Pony Express, did they upgrade? That's oh, amazing. Yeah. I did. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Set I, the I, table. Yeah, they so set the I know. table again where your legacy character has to be this loser now. Again. Yeah, again. Come on. Can't fight anymore. Forgot the force. So, Whoops. Yep. Whoopsie. Don't care about anything. <laughs> so this is a beef too, because I'd like to hear more about this. Because I, I was please, can you extrapolate? Anything? I mean, I just felt like the character I mean, I wasn't half I mean, I could handle him kind of like being withdrawn and stuff. I just didn't feel like him. And, and yeah, and here's why. Um, your new mission is to lay low and protect Luke and Leia off planet, but you don't continue to train. What's the point? It's like, it's like being like a shitty babysitter, like getting drunk while you're babysitting. That's what it is. It's like, you don't keep up with the force or your training, even though your mission is to, is to take care of Luke and make sure nothing happens. And they introduce these villains. It's like, Hey, 
we're giving Hellraiser a run for their money only in space, but we're not going to pay attention to any of those people. We're going to pay attention to this. I'm sorry, not very compelling character or actress. Yep, I, there I, it is. I mean, there's a oh, lot. Is this the, I, mean, uh, this I don't the know Riva? her name. Riva. Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, I, the same I, I, controversy. I just, I just wasn't into yeah, what was yeah. happening there. So this goes into a great point. I'm glad you brought this up, Travis, because I didn't know anything about the the racist attacks, which are totally, like, fuck all you people who do that. That's an instant response. We all agree there. But at the same time, are you allowed, if someone's been harshly, harshly, unfairly judged that way, are you still allowed to criticize the performance, or are we at a point where it's like, well, now it's like... Allowed? I'm I'm serious. No, like, no, just like, I don't know, uh... It's maybe allowed's the wrong word, but you know. Look, what I, mean? I don't like, want to be harsh because I don't think that right, she was right. terrible. I just, I just, it, it, to me, it seems like Scrappy Doo. Why are we paying all this attention to this new character you've thrown in here? <laughs> yeah. and you're trying to get me. You're trying to yeah. get me interested in them, and you're you're trying to like use like, oh, you like it. You liked it when this happened, but there's like no development of the character whatsoever. Just having her glower and walk around. Glower. Just glowering. That's not yeah. development. I wasn't like I'm yeah. sure that eventually they get to it, but I'm just like you're spending a lot of time with this person, and I, I know nothing about what's going on, and I don't yeah. care. Like, there's a rage it, behind her. Yep. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, there's the movie, the show. I mean, I don't want to spend that much more time on it, but it just wasn't doing it for me. I'll watch those last two episodes. I'm let's sure, put but, it this way. Let's put it this way. Two <laughs> major characters are <laughs> run through with lightsabers. Run through. Yeah, so they survive for the next episode. And there's no problem. It's not even brought up. <laughs> I know. I, okay, you yeah. guys made some really the fucking fence. Points. The the force the field fence. fence where they could literally just walk around the hill. <laughs> walk, walk All they gotta it. do is walk. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is that what you guys are talking about? Uh, yep. Yeah, they show a, a sky satellite shot, basically. Like, yep. oh, you could just walk right around that. <laughs> It's literally comedic. I mean, like it's fucking like spaceball yeah. shit. Uh, so and, yeah, I just, I just one, one more thing, Mike. Like, all respect to the little girl playing Leia. She does a fine job with yeah. what she has. Like, she's you know, she has a, a character. She has to play it. But to start Leia like that, it was a mistake in my opinion. Because there's no arc. There's nowhere else to go. Leia doesn't change. She just has always been the precocious tough girl. Oh, like, that's put a good something point. in there to make her have to become that. It's just, they didn't. They also, didn't think uh, in that right reading room. Also, flee, fucking flee. You want to yeah. jerk me flea. out of this flea. movie? You flea. might as well put. I don't know. Sylvester Stallone Adam and Sandler. yeah, just somebody yeah. completely Ed, Sheer, Ed Sheeran, put Ed, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran in there and have me just completely yanked out of the reality that you're trying to create. Put Game Alice of Thrones Cooper already did there. that. It's fine. Yeah, just... Flea fails at chasing an eight year old girl around. Yeah, go. that pissed me That's off. Uh, she, she runs away from Ben Kenobi, who I know he's struggling a bit with the force, but come on, she's a 10 year old girl. She can't run through the city away from him. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, <sighs> so, I just but I also got excited. I got to admit, though, the last thing I'll say on my part is that I was episode three. I was like standing up. I saw Vader, and I saw that it was Hayden was back. You know, yeah. I I stay out of spoilers and stuff, so I didn't know much no. about what would be shown. And I was like, oh hell yeah! And yeah. the fact, and I know I text you guys about this, but this was a huge deal to me. I love Rogue One, but I always cringe when you hear the old man eighty. Five-year-old oh. James Earl Jones, like, yeah. be careful not to talk on your aspirations. Yeah, I was like, oh man, this is this is not yeah. fair to James Earl Jones. This oh, is, yeah. But uh, now they just like you know, 
he's just a replicated voice anyways because you can copy anyone's right. voice but yeah uh uh yeah all right uh, <laughs> i was i was i didn't i forgot that you didn't finish the show so that was something i forgot travis but wow Woo! Uh, so then I, uh, what else did I watch? I watched something else. Uh, I watched a lot of no. Seinfeld. A lot of Seinfeld. Yeah. And uh, then I watched, there. but then I watched The Cell. Yes, I watched The Cell. Oh, you yeah, had The Cell. And. A dream within so, a dream. So you got. <laughs> dream sequences, the movie. Uh, the, I had a, I, <laughs> I thought that Christopher Nolan had ripped off the cell. There was a lot of Inception thought for sure. Oh, okay. uh, But then you guys had referenced that. Now, I didn't watch the full episode, but I was coming in and out last week as I waited mm-hmm. to like tag in to come back into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was things that this movie had already had copied, like things that had been done better. What the cell was doing is this? No, no, it's it, it's um, influenced by significant works of art. Like there's a okay. bunch of artists that it's like, you know, it's like doing these like tableaus of these other artists work <laughs> from, from Mark Romanek to odd nerd drum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh. and it, you know, this kind of, so there's the debate, like how much is homage, how much is plagiarism, that kind of stuff. See, I don't even know any of that. So to me, this is like a fresh, I'm like, wow, look how originally. A- yeah. That was how we and felt that- when we first saw uh-huh. it. We were blown yeah. away, but then we learned about it and went fucking oh. internet. Oh, well, I mean, that was uh, this was around during the time of the internet, but like, it, I remember hearing that. Word, I heard that word of mouth. I think honestly, because it was pretty soon after, people were like, "Oh, that horse thing." Uh, I think I saw <laughs> that in New York. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Well, see, I had no idea about that. So, I will say, not knowing anything about it, watching that movie freshly, I thought it held up. I rather enjoyed Damn. it. Damn, I I thought Vincent D'Onofrio was stellar as he's, he's incredibly always is stellar. Yeah, and I I didn't think Vince Vaughn was I mean Vince Vaughn was serviceable. He did his job in the movie. I didn't I I popped in and heard like some possible Vince Vaughn beefs, but I didn't get the full. There wasn't guys praise. The, there wasn't praise, okay. but there wasn't beefs either. I made fun of his five o'clock shadow. The one thing I didn't grab onto, like you guys grabbed onto, was Howard Shore's score. I didn't really oh, notice awesome. it as much as you guys did. I, it didn't hit me. And I love a good theme score, everything. I love that stuff, but I didn't really uh, hit me as much. It's almost but. atmospheric because it's not like a normal score. It's like a, all right, go back and listen to our episode about The Cell. Yeah, these <laughs> guys talked about The Cell in depth. That's right. It's only one episode ago. But uh, I thought J-Lo was outstanding as an yeah, actress in this film. Yeah, I liked her she, she really did her thing. And then you got... A bunch of guys that I've seen in my life as character actors popping in and out of stuff. So that was fun. And oh, I wanted to mention one thing too. Uh, discount Tim Roth, uh, the, the <laughs> shitty American Tim Roth. Jake Weber is uh, British, Gordon actually, Randy. or Australian, one or the other. Okay, great. Well, the, uh, Clearance Bin Tim than. Roth. Yes, he is less than Tim Roth. I just Aww. couldn't escape that the whole movie. There Sorry, dude. Uh, I'd like I to see it. them go face to face. I love Down the fun. Dead. He's great in Down the Dead. Never saw that. Yes, you never saw Dawn of the Dead from two thousand three before. You know me. I, you know, I didn't. Oh man! Wow. I got some work to do. There will become a time in my life where I will finally like, and I'll be. It'll be doing this show. It'll be uh twenty thirty three. Guys, I've finally (laughs) just been turned into like every zombie flick ever. Man, I just I've seen them all. I saw (laughs) Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I saw them all. So. uh It'll happen someday. All right, but, all right. So uh, just thinking that today, like uh, in 2033, we're gonna be scraping the bear. We're gonna be like, Miss Congeniality two. Does it hold up? Like, <laughs> no way. That's you not know, true. It's funny because we, yeah, we'll be reviewing true. movies from 2028. Uh, <laughs> we got 12 more years of movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We got 
It'll never stop. It'll never stop. That's the thing about movies. That's they keep. It's a gift that keeps on giving. To the end Clark. of time. That's right. When the to sun the burns end. out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Is I actually was I was somebody uh, gave us props the other day. Uh, mm. Shout out to Patrick Ryan. He DM hey, me on Twitter. He said, "Hey thanks guys, really, I really liked the show on Thor Ragnarok. Really enjoyed it." And he's like, "You guys should do sneakers." Like, dude, we did dude, sneakers. We did Here sneakers. you go. Which was <laughs> so I had so it. It's been a while since I dug back and we're really starting to compile quite the list of movies here. Yeah. 119 <laughs> yeah. is a lot of movies. It is. It, it is. It, I mean, we're nobody's <laughs> hero or anything. I'm just saying it's starting to pile up and it's like, boy, did I say what I really wanted to say that day? God, I hope I got it right because it's like locked <laughs> in. I feel like eventually I'm going to start being like, hey, can we go back and do like a redo of this one because yeah, I didn't get probably, it right? Well, I don't, we'll probably do yeah, that but, at some point. I mean, does it does it still not hold up? <laughs> the, the, the I, game well, I, the game i still want to watch I, i've been wanting to watch uh, the game again and yet we all hated it <laughs> uh, yeah it really bothered me that's the game still bummed me out i, I think about yeah, it now i can see sean penn's face and yep. yeah i'm not happy so <laughs> anyways uh yeah so if you want to he- see old episodes we only started doing seeing of us probably around 15 18 15. well sneakers is 37 and we still hadn't done that yet so mm. i don't know oh, well, anyways sure. We got a lot of episodes on YouTube. If you want to watch us, if you want to listen to them, you can hear all 119 yes. episodes on your standard podcast feed. They're all available. This is true. From episode one, which was? True, true Romance. Romance. Yay! Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Good job, guys. Good we job. remember two years ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> a challenge sometimes. Really... It's a real stretch. Uh, I spent like the whole year I was 36 thinking I was 37, so don't well, count me for anything. Really? <laughs> Are you no. wearing the power glove? Uh, yes, I'm playing. I'm playing Nintendo Power. No, I got. Are you playing Red Razor? I got oh, purple shit. tunnel syndrome, my friend. I got Damn. a break on. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a both wait, wrists. But, this one's the worst one. Thanks a lot, dude. Hmm. Thanks a lot, Bim Laden. Jeez. Remember the uh, wizard? I'm, I'm not going to compare you to a mass murderer. I'm just going to tell you that what's going on with my hand. That's fair too. Yeah. That also was a movie reference, so come on now. Bin Laden? Yeah, thanks a lot, Bin Laden. It's from The Hangover. So oh. Zach Galvanakis. So uh, you know, so people have, get that too. Uh, have we done that one? No, we did old school. We did old school. We've done That's some right. Todd Phillips here and there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've done a lot of movies. We're gonna do another one right now. It is time for us to get into what? the main event for this week's show. And uh I've selected Love and Other Drugs, a 2010 film directed by Edward Zwick, as Erica right now is holding his hands over his mouth in terror. I have no idea what he's going to say. I can't wait. Yep. Yeah, say your prayers now, Eric. Uh, it's directed by night. the guy who directed Glory directed this movie. Just want to make Edward sure that's... Zwick. I made a note to myself. Is this the same Edward Zwick that did Glory and Last Samurai? That was right after I saw Josh Gad's ass. Oh. <laughs> Oh, what am I? I mean, glory. It's true. It's all true. One of my favorite movies, Glory. I, I grew up on Glory. Love Glory. But yes, this is the same Edward Zwick starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Hathaway. And this is our uh, second Zwick film because he also did Legends of the Fall. So your file says kind of an emergency. Yeah. Um, my apartment was burgled yesterday and they took my Parkinson's meds. Um, but my symptoms are pretty good today. So it's kind of an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're Lily Rep, Trey Hannigan. He has Cindy to squeeze me in, so. Yeah, Trey's a great guy. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, monotherapy? 
Yep, cinnamon CR, 50 milligrams two times a day, plus Domperdome to cut the nausea, 10 milligrams three times a day, Artane for the tremor, two milligrams a whole tablet three times a day, and Prozac, so that I'm not too bummed about having a major degenerative disorder at 26, uh, mm. 40 milligrams once in the morning. Soloft has fewer side effects. I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, Jamie Randall. Oh. Hi. Intern. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Fall, dude. Yep. You're Which, right. I forgot about that. Which yeah. I, yeah, that's true. I, I grew up on Legends of the Fallen Glory. Yeah. And Judy Greer, I think, has got to be in the Cinema <laughs> 9 Podcast Hall of Fame by now. This has got to be <laughs> I, our fifth. What? Four, fifth four out of five movies, probably, that we've done. Uh, <laughs> Fifth appearance? I'd say 50th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely heavily involved in a lot of the films we do. Judy Greer from Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a big old cast. Josh Gad, you mentioned. This is yeah. like, I didn't know who Josh Gad was. This is early Josh Gad, I yeah, feel like. I was like. surprised uh, for 2010. Yeah, I was yeah. too. This like, is a, I, I thought it kind of broke with, with Frozen, which was right, right, 2013 right. or 2012 or something. Twenty, I guess it was oh. maybe around. Not yeah, that, that was. After. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was a couple years later. But yeah, so uh, Travis, this is a, is this the first time seeing this yeah, movie? Because last week yeah. you said it was. Yeah, this was my first viewing. Um, I knew nothing about it other than a comedy romance, something something Viagra, romance, <laughs> uh, historical fiction, uh, rom com. I didn't uh, know drama. it was Wick until until we you know looked raunchy at it. American Pie esque comedy with like yeah. sexual uh, nine and a half weeks esque. Uh, <laughs> It's Mr. Skin yeah. Hall of Fame, dude. Are you kidding me? But this thing, but this thing has like, it's like a six genre film. It's out of control. We'll talk more about that. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure it somebody is. made a note about that. I did. Uh, <laughs> see, he did. Uh, Eric, you saw this movie before, dude? No. Um. <laughs> oh my God! I've. It's a clean sweep. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, well, I did not see it. And and dude, in 2010, I was a Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Like he was in a sure. slump. Uh, he's like coming off Prince of Persia, and he was in a slump and. Mm-hmm. I was okay with Anne Hathaway. I've always liked Princess Diaries, but I was like, what is this? Like, raunch sex? Like, I, I, I I'm not interested. I took a pass. Hey, Kazaria. I, I didn't know he was Oliver in Platt. I didn't know either one of them were in until I sat down to watch it. Well, you mentioned Platt last episode, but. That's all I knew. All I knew was like, Mr. Skin Hall of Fame. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a pass on this one. Is it really in the <laughs> Hall of Fame? Is there a Hall of Fame? saying this. Dude. It's. I've never been to the Mr. Mr. Oh, Skin. Uh, there is a. Uh, there's let's like. Just a, my, let's just say yeah, my pause right. button doesn't work anymore. Hey! boop. Can we just say that Mr. Skin sounds like a fucking like horror movie? It and does. Like, I'm Mr. Skin. Doctor Bigelow, Mr. Skin. Yeah, scary. <laughs> horrifying name. Yeah, it sounds very much like he would be skinning oh. people. Uh, yeah. A lot of grotesque awfulness. Yes, I, Awful. I see that. Ooh. Uh, I told my story last week. I saw this in the theater. Like it, like it, like it. Yeah, the woman I saw this with, who uh, she was a single mother doing the best she could, was our first okay. date. And, uh, we didn't take the kids, of All course. Right. It was it was just no. the two of us. Um, yeah, no kids. Uh, did you have kids with I, her? I did not, as far as I know. And in good fact, call. no, we never even we never had a. Uh, uh, you don't yeah, have to. I got, I, we don't have to. We're, get we're good, dude. No, I was trying to make a connection with love and other drugs. Like, all right, let's go. She never gave me the okay and skipped over everything and just we had sex. That never happened at all. But I will tell you that you're not uh, living a movie. Drag. That is true. It was very much real life. We were in a movie theater, watched the film. I had no idea what I was in for. And I remember thinking when I got out, despite her incessant need to know 
that I hated or to convince me that oh, I that's... hated the film. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I think I rather enjoyed this film. I, I think I did. I, I was surprised by it. There were so few elements about it. I'll say this initially. This was back then that I was like, oh, wow. Uh, this whole Viagra storyline. It's like real Pfizer's a real company. And there's, that was a real pill. And so there was like some 90 stuff in 2010, which was a little more close to a time frame where I was like, oh, wow. I forgot about that. Oh, was that real? And it made me question like how much I'd seen in the film was true to life or not. So, and like the, the romance kind of bought, it got me into a bit. I, I enjoyed a lot of different elements of the film. I thought it was funny. I did. But that's a thing like Michael, like real quick, like you say, like, did you know this was like the Viagra movie, Travis? I yeah. didn't hear that at all when this came out. Anything it, about that, that was literally the only thing I knew about it was that it was mm. a like I said, a romantic comedy and Viagra was involved. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about that. That was news to me. So, anyways, uh, that was my initial experience. So, I don't know the score in this movie. I can't wait to guess it. Although we did get kind of a sneak peek on the Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, which you chastised I, I, Eric. I, for I did not mean to. Come, it was not being angry. I just stridently. I love playing the game. We guess. I just <laughs> play the game, Harding. Play what the game. Harding. Do it. Yeah, play the game. Yeah. What do you think it is? If you unmute yourself, you can respond. Oh, <laughs> we, we never play. I'm sorry. We never play the Rotten Tomatoes game. We play the IMDb game. I would never post yeah, that, that score. Yeah, but that, I know you wouldn't, but that's a clear, it's a giveaway because oh, just like we say, I stand behind what I said. And I know there's people out there who support what I'm saying because a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes is a 5.2 on IMDb. We've made this correlation before. That's 5.6. 5.6? That's your guess 5. or that's what it is? That's my guess. Oh, okay. Um, uh, that's low. I was going to say 6.4. Yeah, I was going to say 6.3. 6.3. Do we have the anyone, answer? Anyone uh, get it prepped? I didn't I didn't get it ready. You always do this part, Mike. You do. <laughs> you do? I do? You the do. answer on love and other drugs is... 6.7. Oh. 6.7. 6.7. Higher than any of us thought. Wow. Got up there a bit. Got up mm. there a bit. So it, it got up there. No and of course... I'm, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. How dick many joke. dick jokes can you make in one movie? Yeah. A lot. Um, a lot. Apparently. Don't worry. There's titty and fart jokes, too. <laughs> <laughs> titty and fart. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, obviously, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, spoiler 49% from the critics. Wah, wah. That's one of the lower scores of late, I believe. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that's about as low as we as we've gotten. <laughs> Outside of, uh, of course, the uh, what the fucks, our one hundredth episode, which weren't even the rated on Rotten Tomatoes, the Annihilators. Annihilators. Yeah, yeah, so we'll never know how people or the critics really felt about the Annihilators. Fifty three percent from the audience, very tight score. Forty nine critics, fifty three audience. As far as critical review, well, uh, there were some okay. people who had some things to say about this film, and as we already laid it out for you, a lot of it wasn't great. Ah. <laughs> uh, Sean Burns of Philadelphia Weekly once said, Hathaway creates a tough, angry, complicated woman who deserved better than her lot in life. For starters, she deserved a better movie. (laughs) Wow. Jesus. I got one from uh, Kirk Honeycutt. Honeycutt! 
haven't had Honeycut in a while. <clears throat> the energy is far too great, manic even at the beginning, but calms down for a while to focus on the highly competitive but not always ethical arena of drug sales, then gets distracted by unusually bold sex scenes for a studio picture, only to wander off into the cultural phenomenon of Viagra before the movie decides it's a romance after all, and so concludes in a highly conventional final embrace. <laughs> that is outstanding. Okay. I thought that it was great. A- that's a great synopsis of the film in such a tight window. Well done. I mean, cheers that was, to you, uh, Honeycutt. I'm cheers to Honeycutt. I thought the same thing. I'm like, wow, that is a really concise both summary and critical analysis. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> decision that, here. that nailed all the genres. Yeah, it really did. Uh, put it in a better phrase. I, I'm not a prude, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it. It is pretty bold <laughs> sexually for a uh, studio, studio picture. Film. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. I don't remember actually... Maybe, that did actually strike me a little bit more now that I'm thinking about when I first saw in the theater. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, we're really going for it here. Because I, I will tell you this. I had no idea. I hadn't seen Anna Hathaway in, uh, wasn't she in a movie like uh, Havoc or some scary movies or something? Uh, you guys Colossal? know what I'm talking about? There's some scary know. movie. She, Cabin. No, nah, not Cabin Fever or something. Anyways, no. I thought it was called Havoc. There was a scary movie she was in. And then, like, I never saw The Princess Diary. So I didn't really know much about her. This was really well, my mind. first introduction mm-hmm. to her. Which one? Brokeback I didn't. See, I didn't see Brokeback till later. I didn't oh, see really? it at the. Oh. I had not. I'd heard all the jokes and the bullshit that was That's unfair an, to it. An but amazingly it, good movie. Amazing. It was right. when I finally saw it. I was like, oh my god, people are lame yeah, sometimes. Take all the trash I talked about, uh, Hulk, and invert that for my love for Brokeback <laughs> Mountain because that was a great movie. It's a gorgeous <laughs> film, and yeah. I wish I had seen it sooner. That's my only regret. Ang. So. Instead, I had to live through mainstream. <laughs> yeah, Ang. I'm Ang. sorry, Ang. Fortunately, I had to live through mainstream society when it originally came out, and all it was was this terrible parade of awful jokes by a bunch of homophobes. So. We're all in society, unfortunately. We are, but in this, yeah, yeah, shit. Uh, okay, so that, yeah, reviews. Uh, oh, this is always fun. Whenever we can hear from the Christian Science Monitor, you know sure. we have to. Uh, sure. Peter <laughs> Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor says, a slick, weepy made by smart guys, weepy. Yeah, a slick weepy made by smart guys who want you to know they're better than the schlockmeisters. Oh my uh, God. Is a slick weepy what Josh Gad gave to that one woman in bed? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> a slick weepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if actually a Christian Science Monitor man here took it from the film and we just missed it. Yeah, it's very possible. So Slick weepy. A slick weepy by smart guys who want you to know they're better than the schlockmeisters. What the fuck? That is a bizarre review. That is. Is that a review or is that just someone threw up words? Yeah, that's what the Christian Science Monitor <laughs> considers a movie review, Travis. I don't speak for them. Uh, Honeycutt would not be impressed. Uh, Honeycutt would be livid. Uh, let's go to our old Metro Times. We never hear All from right. the Metro Times. I love Metro Times. Remember looking through the ads, like what shows were coming up in the Metro <laughs> yeah. Times? I used to yeah. love that. God, oh, too. Voodoo Glow Skulls, sweet. Um, uh, Corey Hall from the Metro Times said in 2010, Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal spend an inordinate amount of time rolling around in the buff when not flirting, fighting, or racing through overwritten dialogue intended to be ironic and cutting, but really about as sharp as a Q-tip. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, a lot of people are caught up on the nudity and sex in this, which I'll have yeah. a lot to say about later. But it's surprising for, for 2010 for people to seem very kind of prudish about the nudity in an American film. 
Yeah, just that it seems like it's adding up a little bit. It is I, I do find that somewhat curious. Uh, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. This movie is best treated like dim sum. Wait out the bad portions <laughs> until a tastier dish is served. Let Hathaway be your guide. Oh, man. Peter. That's yeah, funny. So, do you guys find that Anne Hathaway is the guide in this movie? That you're like, I was, oh, yeah. I was relieved when she showed up 20 minutes into the picture. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. All right. Uh, Ann Hornaday, who I always like to get on record oh, yeah, yeah. if I can from the Washington Post. Uh, too often, the moral of the story seems to be love means never having to say you. Um, is there an ellipsis? <laughs> no, there's not. It's actually a period with the, continue reading? Yeah, the end of the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, continue reading. I wish there was. Uh, uh, Ann, uh, you kind of left me there, Ann. I, left oh, the hey, man. you left the hey, Eves. Good old Eve says the okay, more weight. The more weight the story of Maggie and Jamie takes on, the more distracting is the screenplay's need to intercut updates on the pharmaceutical wars. <laughs> <laughs> updates. Oh, Movies that have updates. Let's go live to the pharmaceutical desk in the middle of this film. <laughs> That's good, oh, Eves. Rest in, rest in power, Eves. That was a good one. Uh, I don't see any. Uh, no, no, Destin. He was unavailable any, this time. Is there any praise? Oh, hey, Billy Goody Coons. Oh, Goody Coons. Right. right on cue. You want praise? Bill Goody Coons has you covered. Here we go. All right. Jill Hall and Hathaway, who played a couple in Brokeback Mountain, have a natural, likable chemistry. At least when it's allowed to shine. It's supposed to be. That's a red tomato. So. Yeah, I think they, they definitely seem to know each other and like each other. They definitely had sex in real life. I have no doubt about it. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, allegedly, I'm not going to make I, that claim. I will say that. You don't have to say that. I will happily say that. Uh, uh, another, a positive review beyond that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. How about Betsy Sharkey of the LA Times? She said, finally, after years of suffering through Hollywood's predictable pap, sentimental mush, boring bromances, and mean girl cliches comes a love story mm. that is actually worth falling for. That's from Betsy Sharkey. She loves oh, it. She, she loved it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. <clears throat> wow. So, can we talk about the, the genre chaos of this film? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I, there's James L. Brooks in here. There's Judd Apatow in here. There's <laughs> Jason Reitman in here. It's there's it's it's all over the map for good for good or ilk i mean yeah the tone shifting is what i gather to be the biggest complaint about the the, the picture yeah i think that that i mean you're you're watching the movie and you feel like you're watching like a serious romance between adults and then all of a sudden like there's dick jokes and like two brothers are hitting each other yeah yeah i'm like oh this is it's amazing. like it's it, it it's like it's aware that it's heading into like sweet November territory. So it's like better get Josh Gad in here to like jerk off or something before it gets too schmalzy. Jerk off to his own brother fucking, which his brother's girlfriend. Well, yeah, he makes it very clear. <laughs> I'm not looking at her, except for when I'm looking at your dick. Um, yeah. I'm not looking at you. I mean, yeah. and then they don't like there's no resolution to that. There's no like there's no judgment for that. It's just like here, like I'm just going to throw this into the movie. And you just have to watch it. After looking at Josh Gad's ass, now you got to think about him jerking off to his own brother. I'm sorry, everybody, but this is literally what the fucking movie is. Literally. I'm not exaggerating. I don't mean to be crass. This is what's on the film. This is what's well, yeah. filmed. There's a lot going on, Mike. Like, did, like, 
while you're watching it like for the second time like were you like jerked around by all these like is it is it like a sappy love story is it a romance is it a satire is it a a biting commentary on pharmaceutical industry like where are you at here you know so i watched it in theater and then i watched it a lot for another two or so years i was mm -hmm. i loved it i really like i found it being a very watchable movie for me whatever it was at that time and i hadn't seen it in a good eight years or so and this is the first time that i was so taken by the the confusion of various styles and uh and genres of the film with the and i knew like the viagra stuff like oh it, i guess at the time it made sense to me like oh yeah that's what he does he got fired from his speaker job because by the way he's a coxman we have to talk that's that's like hey he's a swinging dick and like everyone yeah. approves of his swinging dick nature by the way uh sure. which okay. is movie. yeah odd but yeah at that time i i didn't find him as annoying i guess and Boy, I am a lot more annoyed by the Jake Gyllenhaal character this time around, and the oh. the whole genre jumping that's going on. Yeah, I strongly dislike his character. From I mean, like you start off any movie with two princes, you're gonna like <laughs> you're already setting your audience on edge a little bit. Then gonna, you got, my, my first note: <laughs> two yeah. princes. Three then you got McGoofy Bozo like prancing around, like like trying to hate on every woman, and like. And it's cartoonish. Like he's like he's like hitting on the girl on his way out the door. Oh, uh, like oh. with everything but like his legs spinning in circles and a cloud of dust coming out behind him as he runs off. Like uh, it's I mean, Travis. It's, that opening it, sequence is unbearable, dude. I, I was cringing. Brutal. I was like, this is awful. Yeah, it's not good. They're, they're setting up an arc, though. They're saying this is where he is now. Is this right. asshole going to yep. change? Is he gonna sleep with two supermodels in a completely unrealistic threesome scenario that just gets thrown at him at the very end of the picture when he's gone through all of these changes? <laughs> yes, yes, he will. <laughs> to show you what kind yeah. of changes, what kind of arc he's gone on, he's gonna have sex with the gonna... cast of Victoria's Secret Angels. Is he gonna take his own boner meds? Find out soon. <laughs> Is he gonna show the nurse his boner rather than answering her question? Hey, what's wrong with you? Is he gonna expose himself to this yes. woman? And will she be pleased? She will. So thank you, Edwick. So I I'm dying. To, thanks. I, so I'm dying to know what you guys. Glory. What, what the hell happened here? What do you guys think happened well, here behind the, the scenes? Boner. Yes, Mike. No, no. Yeah, no, not that. But like, what do you think really happened here? If you had to guess, I'll tell. Because... I don't have to guess, Mike. Like this is based on the book Hard Sell, which is about a, a Viagra salesman by this guy. Um, you know what's his name? Jamie Wrighty. And oh God, it's a real person. It, it's a real person, and it's about his experiences with you know big pharma in the mid '90s and how he got into Viagra. He was the first one to get in there, and his and, and no escapades, no dying woman. That was all Ed Zwick and his co-writers co saying, "Look, this isn't a movie. Like we can't just like film this book. We got to add in dying woman and the brother and all this like, Judd Apatel Ranch stuff in order for it to be uh, a, a blockbuster." American Pie Ron stuff. It's it's out of control, man. It is so out of control. By the way, Dylan says here, to be fair, did it ever hold up? Well, you'll find out at the end of this episode, but that is a fair point. Sure. That's a good question. Okay, Dylan. Okay. That's a good question. But I just thought it seemed like possible studio interference, or is it just all Edward Zwick? Like, I'm so confused here. <laughs> well, it I seems like thought... there's 80 hands in the pot. Yeah, that it may be, but I mean, I'm also thinking Edward Zwick. By the time he's done this, I mean, he's pretty. You know, I'm not saying no one's gonna touch his movies, but oh he, yeah, he, he was pretty on top. This was like 
this is like the pinnacle of his career. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he's mm-hmm. pretty, he's up there. Um, but I feel like there was more of this movie that was shot than what we saw, which is true of every film. But I mean, my, one, of, one, of my, one of my big takeaways was that I feel like maybe there was another version of this movie that they shot and then went, went oh man, this is, this is, this is all kinds of uh, family stuff and all kinds of business stuff. Like this is heavy. We need to lighten this up. Let's do some reshoots because you do not. The to me, if there is a a, a problem with this movie, you do not get George Siegel and Jill Clayburgh in your movie uh, for one scene <laughs> or two scenes. Like, scene. like grossly mm-hmm. underutilized. These people are champions. Like put you, you you have access to and, and surely he shot more of them and we just didn't see it right that's that's my thinking they're like ah, let's focus on the sex and, the, and that stuff <laughs> okay that's a great point see that is something I thought Travis too that because I was trying to think about Jake Gyllenhaal's perspective on this okay you're Jake Gyllenhaal he shot all the scenes that he's in he knows he'd shot them <laughs> now he doesn't know how it. There's a lot of times when you're an actor, you don't know how the movie will come together, right? Yeah, yeah, but he sure. knows all the scenes he shot, so he had to be thinking like, boy, how is this going to come together? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know night, I did I just... that scene where I got a boner, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that comes at towards the end of the movie after I've tried to secure a, um, um, a cure for the Parkinson's disease yeah, that's that right. my, yeah, the love of all... my life has been stricken with. It but, always makes me think of like the ink how like Anchorman they shot like one whole movie and then like they shot like two movies at once and then edited them together. And, you know, because there's like that off version of Anchorman where there's like a whole kidnapping sequence and all this other yeah, yeah. crime stuff. Like where they just shot the fuck out of it and then like, oh, okay, what do we got here? What kind of movie can we make out of these pieces? Let's yeah. piece it together. We got these great actors. We got Hank Azaria. Surely we're not gonna waste him and have him just kind of be a uh like an extra for most of the movie surely we won't, won't do that here's a fact from this film i believe it's a fact as much as i could prove a fact i suppose uh edward zwick jumped into bed naked with anne hathaway and jake gyllenhaal who were naked to make them feel more comfortable oh that's that would make me feel more comfortable by all means yeah i know the director <laughs> my professional movie set gets naked to join us in our nudity that's everything to me professionally <laughs> one thing it's easy to forget, and unless you do the, re- the the quick research, Ed Zwick starts in dra- like dramedy. He gets to start with thirty something, and that's like uh, like a- adults trying to navigate relationships and the real world and stuff like that. So it's not like he was cast into an unfamiliar territory here. Like he knows like adult relationships and this and this type of thing. Um, but he also is coming off a picture like blood diamond that has a lot to say like socially about the consequences of very very important things um so what does he decide to do when it comes to like big pharma in 2010 mix in judd apatow ranch i don't know if it was the best call you know what you keep talking about judd apatow and judd apatow especially then yeah at least with his ranch he would bring some heart and sometimes yeah i was just gonna say that but I mean, like, there is some real heart to his movies, in my opinion, even if they are too much a little juvenile. But That's I mean, why I think there it's American Pie Ranch. That's why I keep saying that term. Yeah, that that to me feels more accurate because this is pre- like the 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 joke. They feel gratuitous. That's what it is. It's not just that. It's not just that. It's it's not. I'm not even talking about the sex. I'm talking about some of the, the, the jokes. Um, it it just feels like it's like this doesn't really serve the picture. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I completely see that. And I wanted to touch on what you just said there. This movie is about 
very serious disease that a woman has, Parkinson's. Or they take you to scenes where real people with Parkinson's are at a convention and they're on camera. These aren't actors. These are people who really have the disease. Some are mixed in, but they're real and they're really going through this. And then you have the real, real issue of what the pharmaceutical industry has done to medicine and to people. And, and there's all these quick quips in the beginning when he's the salesman for the first time and he's in the rain with the umbrella. There's yeah. like yeah. really quality, legitimate points made about right. superbugs being made and mm -hmm. uh, making medical decisions into quick, uh, you know, Madison Avenue buys and shit like that. And those right. are those are legit. There's legit stuff in here, but it's yeah. surrounded by all the stuff we just mentioned prior. It seems like studio fear to me. Like 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 satire should either stay satire and have that edge to it, but it should never try to get into like um like schmaltz and like piscuous type of stuff, which which this dabbles in and that could be interference or that could be ed's wick but it tries to do both it tries to be the biting satire like thank you for smoking that's exactly uh, what i was but thinking it all, of. but it also tries to do like the sweet november bullshit that's exactly what i was just thinking of was thank you for smoking and how that movie now it's been a while since i've seen it but like it it's a similar thing and that you have this character and at no point is he redeemed right like is that am i wrong i feel like he's not no, redeemed. you're right I've only seen it once, but like he's not mm -hmm. he's not redeemed. He's not like we don't be like, oh, I care about him because now he's the protagonist and I completely excuse and forgive all of the people he's screwed over to make money um, because now he's in love and he likes this girl who's sick. Like because that's what this movie does. It really undercuts whatever satire that it's trying to make mm -hmm. by, by making us sympathize and care about this guy who it, by the end of it, like I don't really, I mean, he does leave the industry, but it's not like he leaves the industry to go fight right. it. There it he, is. He leaves it to go be just in another part of healthcare, which he was already kind of well suited for in the first place. And like, she helped him like fall into the family fold or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it was not redemptive in any way, shape or form, but we were supposed to be okay with it. Cause there's love and other <laughs> drugs. Well, those two you know, and other drugs, those two it's method actor, the movie. Anne Hathaway versus Jake Gyllenhaal going as hard as they can against one another to one-up them, unafraid of the nudity, and I commend them for that. I love that shit. They're going hardcore into the sex scenes and everything about it because what I know about both these actors is they will commit fully to their parts and then some. There might be more methodized actors that we're aware of over time, some famous examples, but it just stuck out to me like, all right, we got this movie. We're going to have Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway just go, Full tilt and see who cracks first. No it's dong, just, though. No dong. Just yeah, kidding. we're going to show Anne Hathaway up, down, left, and right, and a bunch of other women, but we will show zero dongs. In fact, we'll show you Josh Gad's ass, but we won't show you <laughs> Jake Killenhall. It's not real. Oh, we get to see Jake's. Really? We can see his ass. Oh, yeah, okay. we I'll, I'll, I'll point That's it to you down. later. Don't worry. I'll All right. I'll, yeah, tell me, Mr. Skin. I got to know. <laughs> okay. His skin. Um, Jesus. <laughs> this might be skin. <laughs> I'm only doing this for the benefit of the episode. I think I only did it once with SLC Punk, where I kind of showed my cards early just so to make the my side of this conversation more interesting. Um, I actually really liked this movie, and I can pretty much defend a lot of the stuff that I'm poking fun at and that I'm afraid you guys are going to very heavily criticize. Wow. This is a shocking development. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well come come at me with uh with any of your gripes and i think well, let I'll me say this some, uh, interesting oh, go, go ahead if you got a gripe travis go ahead well, i mean i've already been giving my gripes it sounds like you have interesting arguments already prepared why don't you 
Well, I had a, I had something I was thinking about that because I was I'm going back where you're going here, Eric. A bit. There are a lot of nuggets about like life, personal development, uh, you know, existence, finding yourself that are actually really good, but they're so masked and lost. Like there's there's periods when, of example, when uh, between them and a relationship too. So when Jake Gyllenhaal's character got off the phone with his mom and he like exaggerated the prescription total, even though it was already yeah, a good prescription yeah. total to begin with. And then she comes at him like, why did you lie to your mom? And dives into him and asks him to say, what are, name four good, say four good things about yourself. And he couldn't do it. And I could relate to a lot of that too. It's like, we always shit on ourselves. And in that moment in the movie, there's these really, really, I think, wonderful moments between a, a couple that, that, don't get to shine as much, but they're there. Oh God, where are we going? I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I do like that. Um, if it's if it's getting too serious, then we get a, a funny joke with you know that's kind of gross, like we kind of talked about. But if it's serious, but maybe it's not clearly obvious, we get the James Newton Howard ding a ding a ding on the pianos this ding a ding a ding just a little background ding a ding a ding i'm like oh yeah, yeah this is important this is a sorrowful moment i found it so contrived um Ooh. uh because like the now i think that anne hathaway is a good actor that sometimes has glaringly false moments like when she drops the glass and just immediately screams which is a completely relatable moment that any that I, i've done everyone's done something similar but it just felt like oh yeah well, that was so fake <laughs> you know like so she'll do a lot of really good work and then she'll just do something that just to me just doesn't sell and i don't buy it and jake gyllenhaal for me is someone that i find typically is someone i'm buying what he's doing except when he's being a normal quote unquote guy, whenever he's like being like, Hey, I'm just a normal guy that talks like a normal. Like, no, you're fucking not. You're creepy and weird. You're so, Donnie Darko. Yeah. You're Donnie Darko. <laughs> Stop talking like a normal person. I don't buy it. It's just, <laughs> I, that's partly, you know, that's, but no, like when he does like brooding stuff, like prisoners and stuff, I always buy it. Enemy. I buy every moment, but yeah, whenever he's like, yeah, when, yeah, exactly. But whenever he's just like, Hey, I'm just a normal guy. I'm like, eh, only as Mysterio did I buy that because you're like actually hiding something underneath. Uh, so, so I had some issues with the what? performances, which is going to affect things for me. Um, I didn't I, I just didn't think that they're very true feeling for much of it. Um, combine that with the drastic shifts in genre and the whiplash uh, choices of sentiment to comedy. Um, it, it was just so uneven that I couldn't ever really settle into a groove with the film and be like okay this is where we're at because i always knew there was something else coming and once it came it was usually like okay all of a sudden like yeah viagra and we're looking at tom tom brokaw and that's like you know there's like we're, actual it's, news clips <laughs> right <laughs> you know this is an abrupt shift from what i was seeing five minutes ago it just it feels so disjointed from a, someone who's otherwise really skillful and smooth filmmaker. Okay. Um, yeah. All the times it, it was trying to like be serious and like, let's be poignant here. But and then I could cut to fucking Josh Gad, like saying something ridiculous. I kind of thought that was refreshing because I was expecting it not to do that. So like when it did, it like kept me like entertained by the movie. 
And like I'm laughing out loud every time Josh Gad is doing something, to be honest with you. It's just funny. Uh-huh. Like oh, whether it belongs out. in the movie or not, like I thought all the stuff was was really funny. Like, did they did they need to have him in there? Did he do anything to the plot? Like, did he even give like Jamie any any advice at all that was worthwhile? No, no, it was <laughs> pure comedic value. Yeah, he offered um, nothing to him yeah, whatsoever. I, I appreciate that nothing. too. But it, it it was just like it, it it kept it out of like love story or or like sweet November or August in New York autumn in New York territory for me. What was it that just, um, Elizabeth Hurley um, uh, Matthew Perry movie? Yeah, oh, serving yeah. Sarah. Yeah, it it kept it in serving Sarah territory instead. Saving Silverman. Yeah, where, oh, you know, like the Sarah. classic late '90s, early 2000s, where like here's a serious movie. Okay, uh, like Van Wilder, and then all of a sudden there's a dog come moment, right? Like where it's like, <laughs> like, oh my god, that's horrific. I'm sorry, I, I'm being so, so gross in this episode, but but like that's what it made me think of. It's just like, <laughs> so these moments going on, Robbie baseball. Hi, Robbie. <laughs> Check out Robbie's episode so, with the Fast and the Furious, by the way. Mike's so Ma- so Maggie isn't like in a coma crying talking about love the whole entire time that's why i kind of thought it was okay for me to enjoy those josh gad scenes because she was just trying to get the best out of life and just have yes. fun that can i think that's why that stuff worked for me she goes shows up naked in in her coat yeah that was okay and no. she laughs about it you know because he's there and she she sees i i remember this and i still feel this way what Travis said about Anne Hathaway there as an actress, you nailed it. I wholeheartedly agree that about her. When she does that moment in The Dark Knight Rises where she's terrified when the gun's being pointed and then they come through at the bar and then she stops and she just walks away, <laughs> that is her. I really believe that is not her acting. Like, she can just do that. And I don't know her personally, so I can't prove it, but whatever, fuck off. I'm just telling you that I always think of her as the classic drama club oh my god superstar you know like drama club very drama club. yeah yeah like she was there from the beginning and she was she wants she loves that stuff she lives for it she loves acting and it's big when she's playing like a 40 year old woman as a 20 year old you're like i feel like yes Yes, (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly she is so my time as i was in drama club for about three years in high school and i think of her all the time when i see her in movies but i still really enjoyed her take as a woman in this movie i really did i i thought that she some of that stuff again when they first meet and she should be furious at him which she was because he's seeing her boob and he's supposed to, that's a massive violation of the fucking doctor yeah, client relationship yeah. there yeah it's awful it's gross as fuck but then they end up together too and you're like what the fuck but it, which i find bizarre i it's actually i start to flesh it out now I'm like oh that is on, that makes wants, no sense she wants a shithead she wants somebody that she doesn't care about <laughs> And because she, so she won't get emotionally attached to him. She doesn't expect him to stick around, but she that's craves right. sex. But like that just makes for a whole <sighs> movie where the, that's exactly what she says. What do you mean? Come on. Where are we going? It's true. Yeah, it's what I, she says. And she that's li- I like that about her. That's that's what, she was not, like, yeah, that's not a criticism. That's literally what she says. If you are in the doctor's office and you have to like expose yourself and like there's like a hot nurse there, are you going to be all offended that she wasn't like a really a nurse? Yes. You wouldn't care. Yes, I would. Uh, I pr- okay. Yeah, I don't know. It depends how serious it was. I get, um, I don't know. I'm confused here. Yeah, I don't look like Anne Hathaway. So, like, if I'm whipping my junk out <laughs> in front of some woman, 
I'm not like, hey, this is a great moment for me. This is, this is like, wow, what an incre- incredibly awkward moment that in this clinical environment that this man and this woman are looking at my junk. Their junk's hidden as it should be. Mine's the junk that's out. No, I would not feel sure. good about this. But if they're into that's you, you'd be like, oh, no, this is a huge violation. No, I, I admit that weird I, shit happens in weird circumstances. No, my, my, my point is let's turn it around. Like, like in the movie, if like it's a girl like nurse and like the guy has to show his thing and like the girl's peeking, it's going to be all funny and, and like, it's going to be like, oh, oh, cool. There's no problems at all here because it's the point. guy who's, the, who's the, 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 the person. It's a fair point. I'll, I'll give you the point there. What I'm saying is that what she says to him once they get past that bizarre intro, I really... I dug that about the character, and I still dug it about her. It's like yeah. she's supposed to act all the things she says. Like, oh, that's right, I'm supposed to act like I'm not interested. Like, you know, she skips all that stuff. That a woman doesn't have to play this part. A guy doesn't have to play this part. They're trying to throw out some of the gender roles. I dig that. Yeah, I like some of that stuff. Some of the stuff that that she, her kind of straightforwardness and that kind of stuff. I think that she's she's not a flat character. She's very nuanced. Um, more so even than him, I think. And it's not just that she's um, looking at the possibility of a life of illness. Uh, and I, there are other moments I have praise. Um, when um, when he asks, kind of all hunky-dory, feeling like, I can do this, and he asks the guy in the buffet line, like, oh, you know, any tips uh, about how to deal with a partner? And he's like, yeah, fucking leave her. Um, that was, like, that was intense. And you, sometimes you're, yeah. you know, you can be in this hunky door, hunky go lucky. I can't say what I'm trying to say, but you know what I'm going we for got here. It. We got it. <laughs> kind of attitude. And somebody else can just unload their shit on you. Mm-hmm. And that can just send you in a whole different direction. Um, and which is what happens here. And I actually did really like that because I've certainly felt yeah. those kind of moments in my life where I'm like, hey, I feel one way about whatever. And then somebody else just drops this bomb. You're like, oh, man. It sometimes makes you kind of see have, something that you've been not wanting to look yeah, at. Yes. So, well, and also sometimes people have to validate like the shittiness of the world. Like in any other movie like this, you that guy would be like, I, I see her all debilitated and she's even more beautiful than yeah, like we've heard that before, but this yeah. new viewpoint is interesting and bold. Yeah, I like that. And there is and and there and that's partly what kind of I have an issue with them in the movies. It, it has the ability to have these moments. Um when Oliver Platt, God bless him, not in the movie enough, but when he's banging <laughs> on the table and it's not even funny that he's like, I don't want to be around my family. That that's like that's a big moment. Like and it, and, it, and it's kind of played for laughs, or at least like the way it's cut, it should have like lingered longer <laughs> so we could be like, Oh, this isn't funny, this is awkward. And it, so there is there is like these kind of very life moments uh peppered throughout the film. And and then you have th- this stuff that just feels not <laughs> you know, that, that just feels <laughs> like you're, you're like, yeah, you're serving Sarah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I- I honestly, I, I like a movie that throws a ton at me too. So, not everybody's down with that, and that can be a turnoff too because you expect something, then you might be disappointed because you didn't get what you expected. But you also might be surprised. So that, I know that could happen for all three of us, and I'm not saying that's what should happen here. But with so much going on in one film, I eat that up. We haven't even talked about the this rivalry. 
that he has with Trey Hannigan, this rep, the Prozac versus Olaf war, and then how he he steals all of the Prozac samples, throws them in the dumpster, and then a homeless guy starts taking them every day, and then he's got a job, and look at that. It's supposed to tell us that, hey, guys, all mental health is is pills. Just take your pills, and your life will be yeah. better, okay? Get it together. Yeah. That yeah. is some shitty... That's that, shit. That is shit. And also... He does that up past, like, like, and he does that in the third act. By the end of the movie, when he still supposedly has, like, moved forward with his life, he's still fucking stealing the Prozac and throwing it away. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he's not a... He's a you talked about You talked about he's not a likable character, the Jake Gyllenhaal character. Well, yeah, the Jamie. scumbag. And so, is there, there's movies where, in fact, forget movies, television, right, guys? That is now based on the antihero of people who are not necessarily likable, but we love these shows. We love these movies. Well, so I mean, that's that's the thing though. Like Tony Tony Soprano is likable. Walter White is likable in their own way. They're compelling, at least. If they're if they're not someone I want to spend time with, I don't necessarily when I say they're not likable, I don't mean like, oh, I don't want to get a beer with them. I mean like they're not no. compelling. Like there's I don't I'm not really getting like I'm not getting like, why is this my protagonist? I would be more interested in this movie if more emphasis was pl- was paid on the Maggie character. If if we were following her, and she was the main character, I think the movie would have worked better. Personally, it's a tricky one because, like, yeah, um, do I want to hang out with this guy? No, but like, would I do exactly what he's doing? Probably. They validate. They validate. I would, yeah, I would be a drug sales rep so I could uh, make love to all these beautiful women if I was like his age, like in the mid nineties. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, um, make a lot I of money. They, I think they validate this character with like the family scene because George Segal and Joe Clayburgh, they've got like what two lines, and yet all oh, they're concerned. Fucking George Segal is 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 like one line is I I don't make <laughs> enough money as a doctor while he's like about to have lamb for dinner and all this shit like wood paneling everywhere wood paneling yeah. but like he also says something anti women in medicine too so whatever yeah okay. it's it's true but when you go into a movie and you're looking at characters in their own worlds you I try to understand like what they're um what they're trying to achieve like what their goal is his is to also be successful it's that simple. And also get laid. And then the character does that. And it's not like I'm I'm wanting him to be successful. I just understand the character, which makes it, you know, palatable to watch the movie. I mean, I by no means did I struggle to understand the character. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's an incredibly simplistic fop. Like I'm just I'm just like not. I don't care about this frat boy. I don't fucking care about this rich tool. I just don't care. Um, that's fair yeah you see it that way and you also you look at this guy as kind of a discussion or a a focal point for other people to look at it and say hey whether you like it or not I feel like the movie's trying to tell us that these people they do succeed you may not like them but their charm and their good looks and their they're factors that they have on the outside and as verbalists, you know, speaking, communication, all this stuff. These are the traits that get you by in America. And whether you like it or not, they're shoving it down your throat. And I'm not saying I I like him at all either. He's not he's not likable to me. He's, he's annoying. But I see a few points in him where I can relate to him as a human being. Sure. But, but at the same time, this whole point about his fast-ass, slick shit lifestyle is supposed to be something that they're shoving at us in us regardless of whether we like it or not. 
And I don't know what the point of that is. You know, like the the him hitting on a girl as she is the girl he just fucked is fighting with her boyfriend and the boyfriend's coming to yell at her and and he says all this terrible stuff and runs the, and then the girl's yelling her name and phone number after him. I'm like so that's just so dumb. The whole beginning is so stupid. It's it's the worst part of the movie, hands down. It's just like, you don't have to introduce things this way. What the fuck, man? I agree but with you on that. That's how they're establishing uh, this character. They are. You're right. But the it's not just about the establishment. It's about the journey, too. So I, sure. I, I just thought that, I, well, that was my point about the Prozac and about him fucking the girls at the end. Like, I don't think that there was much of a journey. So he okay. and let me let me give it let me give it another way. Like his 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 um like big speech at the end isn't like I love you. His speech at the end is like, oh, you make me feel good about me. And no one else has really done that. It's ex- extremely self-serving. Um, it, it's not exactly like, oh, like I, I care about you for you, and like you know, like it was. It was very much about him. I'm like, oh, this is this is a speech you're going with, which I guess is better than being like, um, this moment's important to me because all the moments are the same, which was her big speech. And I, I'm like, what? But the catalyst for his like big, typical rom com chase after her was when he did care much more about her than himself when she was happy with the fact that she was happy because she loved him and that she was happy with her life like that i think that's the that that's the scene that that i focus on like like he's trying he he's basically begging her to go back with him and saying look i i I actually do love you now maybe before i didn't (laughs) but after like seeing that sweet moment of you on the PXL 2000 camera, which I had, and it doesn't record audio. Um, it doess- yeah, it doesn't look a damn thing like <laughs> yeah, that. Either. I if had that. Gonna, if you're going to show me video, just shoot it on video. Like, it has that delay. I like that film? because it had that like it. slow shutter speed because I, I had the camcorder. It, it was so obvious. Like, like, it, was, it was like clearly just done in post. Uh, you guys are <laughs> but funny. I do think that it validated that that big scene at the end. Uh, I'm... <sighs> Man, do I'm not going to bring this up. No, I'm not going to say anything about this. You're not going to bring It'll it up, but we're going to wrap this okay. up anyway. So you might as well get it all out. I mean, we're about we're at closing time. Closing I, I like time. the I like the way like sex is portrayed in the movie. I think it's for the most part there's some weaponization early on, but I'm hesitant to say that because like the parties are happy and it's like um, uh, mutually like what have you like people are yeah. cool with it even though this guy's a scumbag like it's not like the there's any like predatory stuff going on everyone's cool with it no. yeah, that's true um and yeah, i think I like it, it is work. it is refreshing to see like um an r-rated movie about sex that isn't like aimed at teens it's more aimed at like adults and it, it looks at like sex and love making both in yeah. really healthy ways young adults though right i mean because it's still trying to do all the dumb humor stuff and it's and it's glamorizing sex like sex with strangers and that kind of stuff which i'm not opposed to but it's all extremely uh glamorized and kind of i mean there is that moment where josh gad says like oh empty sex isn't good blah 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 but it's not that's not the way that's shot I mean, when he's when he has that threesome, I'm like, this is really this is the best the best production design of the whole fucking film is this threesome. <laughs> well, Josh Gad's character gets to have his moment where he realizes he doesn't even like having sex with one woman that he doesn't know. So, yeah. uh, look, you know, 
Okay. Uh, anything else, guys? Any final words on love and other drugs before we come to a close and the final ruling? Eric? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, let me dig in here a little bit. Got some um, notes. <laughs> I got some notes. I'm going to be uh, not going to let you. Okay. I'm watching. I'm thinking a lot about Boiler Room. You know, like um, Boiler Room is about uh, Giovanni Rabisi, like really preying upon like rich people playing games with their money and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, in this like first act, like, are they doing enough? Like, it's 2010. Like, um, it, this is after like the economic crisis, but it's not quite at the opiate crisis. But they have to have like a, a, a bit of a finger on the button of where the country is going in terms of how out of control uh, these drugs are going to get when when doctors are just fucking prescribing them before you can even get two words out of your mouth about your. Oh, symptoms. nobody did though, man. It's I think it's, it's too much hindsight you know, you're throwing on that. There, no, there's some of it there because they're, they're they're talking about going to the Ohio River Valley, which is mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I thought the, you would love that part of the movie. I, I, I was like, did. oh, Travis will love oh, that. Early when I thought the movie was going to be a serious movie, I was excited when that came up. <laughs> <laughs> how how. How quickly did it become unserious for you, though? Because you were blasted with oh, the opening no. scene, yeah, which is no, awful. I... And then even by the time he gets to the selling with the matches thing. with the... And by the way, of course, he has to have sex with the woman who's in charge there. Because uh, that's just what I he would. does. I yeah. would. Why not? Because she... Because no woman ever would find him undesirable, apparently. I, no, I, it's, all he has to do is show up. Beautiful woman. Beautiful man. <laughs> There's a lot about this movie that feels like Edswick's fantasy. Ooh. Oh, boy. Am I wrong? No, I, it's, that's I, want, a, I, want, I want a remake where the main character, they, they switch Josh the roles. And they, they switch <laughs> the roles and a woman plays Jamie's role and everyone's like, so sexually liberating and refreshing to see a man go out there, a woman go out there and have a best <laughs> for her sexual life. Uh, I don't, I don't so, mind that he, so I don't, socially responsible. I don't mind that he has sex with a bunch of people. I, I'm all for people having sex with a bunch of people. You just don't like him. I just, I just think that he's like, like, there's not a lot of redeeming value to the guy. He, he's, I mean, like, he's, I guess, I mean, probably people that have tons of sex with strangers look a lot like Jake Gyllenhaal and have that level of assertiveness. Which, okay, <laughs> I acknowledge that. It's just that, like, it just feels very. This you can, I mean, this is a movie that's clearly made by a man. There's that, you know, it's just it's written by a man. It is, yeah. uh, it is very male fantasy to me. I mean, um, not the whole thing, not the whole thing. And I feel like Anne Hathaway um, is is the saving grace of the movie. Um, she is. But yeah, Eric, I, I'm not. I, I'm not anti-sex. I'm anti-both. No, he knows that. He yeah. He, you've established who you are and what you're saying about it. I think it's very clear to me. Anyways, uh, I will tell you this. Yes, Anne Hathaway. Even though I ripped on her for being like the shining example of what your superstar in the drama club would be. And I, when she won that Academy <laughs> Award, that was her absolute all-time dream that she won for Les Miserables. So, Which is for her. an incredible performance. I mean, it really yeah, is. Yeah, no, so she, you know, she, she can act. She just, Fuck yeah. it's, it's just so funny that you said the exact one part of the entire movie that I would think of where it was like, yep, She's, she pushed it too hard, and then that's the breaking of the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would happen, and she was in pain and agony, but it was like a it was just being moment. set up for that. Yeah, a believable, yeah. A believable moment, but just not played believably, and there's a lot right. of that in there. But should we uh, should we go through our... Uh, yeah, I guess we... Uh, our what have you. Eric, we it's already, time for us to... Uh, 
Yeah, you want to lead us off, Eric? You did. Le- you laid out your cards a bit, or did you? Yeah, I did. Um, oh boy, the 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 terminal illness dramedy. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you say here? Um, there's been a lot, man. There's been a lot. Um, I I'm sorry, dude. I I there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of tone shifting. And it could be to entertain an audience to keep it from being too schmaltzy. But I kind of applaud the adult nature of the film and the, the, the themes it's attempting for whatever it's worth here, man. I think it's a, a, a film that has a lot of merit. I like the direction. I like Ed Zwick had like really has a really fluid, cohesive story to tell for the most part, even with the silly stuff, like for me, it's refreshing. I don't know for other people. It might be like, Oh no, let's, let's, let's still cry at Anne Hathaway. For me, it's kind of refreshing and fun. Cause it's fucking life, man. You can be going through the worst shit in your life and then still have to deal with like your best friend who just fucking like got their dick caught in a vending machine or something. And I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit refreshing for this type of movie. Solid performances, great chemistry, man. It's, it's, Really, really hard to get good chemistry out of two leads that are like fucking this much, and <laughs> and that you have to believe, or else the movie's fucked. Um, so I, I give it to that. And dude, um, it, it dabbles in satire, but it want it just wants to be more. I I dug the film. What can I say, man? Like for years, I was like, oh, that's that movie that like they get get naked and like people hated it. I like the movie, man. Um, that's all I can say, man. I thought it held up. I dug it. Yeah, you're a first-time watcher of it. You sound like me the first time I saw it. You really do. Yeah. Travis, let's see what you have to say. I think that expectations, and we've talked about this before, have a lot to do with how we receive movies a lot of the time, too. Because, Eric, like you, you've you gone on about how this was panned and how everyone hated it and blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah. I, did, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that it was panned and that it was hated. Uh, I just. I. I knew literally what I told you. You know, very little by Hagra. Um, so I, I. My expectations were that like this would probably be a pretty good movie. Mike likes it. Um, is probably a pretty good movie. Turns out it's not. It's not a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say that objectively. Um, I, I. I kid. I. I mean, obviously it's subjective. But you know, when you're dealing with filmmakers of this caliber, like. I think that my expectations are reasonable. Like I would expect a film that's been, I don't know, edited, you know, a, a film, a film that um, has a, a through line, you know, a, a film, a film that displays the competency that I know the director has. Um, this, this feels like a romp, like, like, like he, like he, like he's like, I'm sick of making all this 19th century shit that looks amazing and immersive. I just want to like shoot a movie in <laughs> fucking Pittsburgh and uh, and just have some fun and look at a bunch of naked people. I'll have a nice time looking at these naked actors and we'll get Josh Gad naked too. We'll get everybody. I'll get naked. We'll all get naked. It'll be a fun movie. And then I'll go back to the 19th century, I guess. Or I, I think he actually went to the 1940s. But anyways. Yeah, doesn't hold up for me. Uh, I did not care for this movie at all. That was a, 
You guys are on a roll today. Good stuff. <laughs> Good points on both sides. And I am I am stuck in between both of you. I really am. I I've really found my disappointment in the film with the the genre chaos, which I had never really noticed in the old days. Like I said, and I was like, whoa, oh my god. Well, I guess I've got much more of a uh, keen critic's eye than maybe I realized over the last couple of years doing this show. But because I've always watched movies, but now it's you know you start to look at things differently. You just do. Yeah. And I still enjoy films, and I still enjoy some of the dumbest shit I ever lived. And I still will. <laughs> we are talking about does it hold up? And I hate to go back to this. I don't even want to relive it. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I don't even want. <laughs> oh, see, exactly. They already groaned. Damn it. Look, I love. Yeah, I love how raunchy the film is, and it's not gross to me. It's, and I don't think anybody thinks it's gross. It's just. No. It's. I like that it, there's these commentaries and all the reviews about a studio picture being so graphic. Hell yeah. I've been lit. With, that's probably one of the things I love most about the movie in the, in the beginning. I want that stuff in life. I want all of life to be like that. I want as much of the puritanical leftovers and remains of the last couple hundred years to be removed from this society. And I know. Good luck with that. that yeah, I know that you're not opposed, <laughs> but yeah, good luck with that, Mike. It's a fair point. So I love that stuff. And. And the, when the storytelling is fast-paced and all over the place, it does present some problems. But at the end of the day, I keep it simple. And I'm like, was I entertained? I was entertained still watching the movie. And it did fly by pretty quickly. I didn't mention much about pace during our discussion, but it, it was entertaining. I got, a, I got a lot of beats with it that I've already laid out for you. And, but I really just... Even though, fuck the Jamie character, fuck him. And Jake Gyllenhaal, I, I think, is overrated straight up at times. I really do. I, I have thought that, not just here, in some other areas. And maybe we'll talk <clears> about that down the road. But And I already expressed my <laughs> displeasure at times for what Anne Hathaway goes over the top. But their chemistry was really, really still there for me. It really still was. And I can't lie, I was... I got emotional a few times. I got teared up a bit. I didn't have a sob picture that we would post in our text thread. <laughs> exactly. But it it still made me a little misty-eyed a couple moments. And I was shocked by that because I was like, I was doing this a lot. Like, this is stupid. And a lot of that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, sometimes it's a mess and it's got a lot of issues. I, I think... Uh, if it's entertaining and I still think it's entertaining now and I would I probably throw it on again then I gotta say it's it would hold up I think I do for me uh, mixed bag hold up but I I'm saying it yeah I think I will there you go all right another one in the books all right another one in the books all right there it is love another drug cinema nine podcast episode 119 is a wrap thank you so I much once... for watching I once again am like huh? the sole voice of reason, but it's another one. Of course you are. That's right. Oh, yeah, as God. you should be. All hail, Travis no. Roy, voice no, of reason. No, we no, need no. you. We need you. Look, I'm, uh, I'm keeping it real. Hey, maybe two years. Two years. <laughs> two years from now, maybe we'll go back and listen to this or watch this and be like, that guy is stupid. Who are you, Mike Opie? Maybe I'll always ask myself that. Yeah, but next week we got a guest, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show. His name is Van Lee. I don't know if that's his real name or not. Uh, Travis Sounds has been confusing up. me with the uh, Lee Van Cleve. <laughs> Lee Van Cleve. 
funny. I can't. Believe, I never put that one in my brain. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Uh, it makes me laugh and smile, which I appreciate because it's Van Lee Cleef is what I'm going to call him. You better. You're goddamn right. Absolutely, all the way. I'm sure, he's uh, heard before. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll see. I don't. Know. He's on the BoobTube Boys. He does a great show where they talk about individual episodes of TV, and he also does the uh, podcast story. Wait. Star, Star Wars, Wars a podcast a story? podcast story. Thank you. Yeah, I get them mixed up. Star Wars a podcast story. If you're into reliving all the movies from the prequel all the way through. So next week, Van Lee texts me his decision, and we're going to do a movie that you know you should. Might as well just like embrace it and get ready to enjoy talking about it because Van Van was vacillating over like, oh man, I could really go in this direction, that direction. He wants to do. 1996 is Fargo next week, guys. We're doing oh, Fargo. I actually just watched that recently. All right, cool. Yeah. So I think in this case, Van is selecting a movie. Well, maybe he, I don't know. I don't know how he really feels, but we'll find that out next week. That's why you come and tune into the Cinema 9 podcast, which is you could do it on YouTube or you could do it on your favorite podcast platform, Fargo. You okay with that, Eric? We're trying to decide if Fargo holds up. What about Citizen Kane or Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> Sometimes we do movies that we kind of already know how we feel about them going in, and that's that's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's fun to There's talk about. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Of course there is. It'll be an entertaining show at the very least. Absolutely. There's a ton to talk about, as you said. Uh, and by the way, Eric, I, well, I don't know what this new room is, but I strongly recommend that you keep recording in this room because I love that room you're in. It sounded great. You sounded beautiful. Nothing for a my, moment was wrong with my it. baby's nursery i got like rabbits have you ever recorded I, in this room though i feel like he has it, it, yeah. oh he has okay yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cute. Well, stay there stick around right, cool because it was flawless it's got carpet it. might be the carpet mike you're big on carpet, oh, carpet helps yeah, it, yeah. it does make it does help a bit it dampens the sound all, all right, right well for travis and eric i'm michael govia thanks for listening and watching the cinema Nine podcast we'll see you next week next week with van lee <laughs> next week it. Damn it! <laughs> next week with van lee van lee